Oh, hello. Hello, humans out on the internet. Are you there? Oh, oh there's humans. There's humans. Oh, we got zero people watching. Hello, zero people watching. Caffeinated ham? You never had monster energy ham? Ugh. No, no. I, I generally that stick was supposed to be lemonade. I was about to say they sell it at Panera. Oh my gosh. No, it's monster energy ham. It's uh you can get it. It's definitely a real thing. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. I was I was gonna try and make like a ham bowl joke or something. I'm like, no, I use pork bowl or I can't I don't know. Let's go with the pineapple joke. On alert. A pineapple joke. Oh, that's an awesome sweater though. Oh, look yeah, at the dog in the sweater. Uh, Extreme close up. Oh. oh, is it that cold, Ryan? Yeah, I was gonna say it. Is it? It's, it's a little chilly for a floor. I actually, I don't know what, to, what what the temperature is at the moment. Uh, it was sixty-seven when I walked downstairs. Yeah, here too. It and it's really windy, so it's really like wow. twenty. Right. Yeah, people don't realize that about Florida. Like, we went out to South Dakota for Wild West Hackenfest, and my wife, who's hates the cold hates 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 the cold it was like oh i'm gonna have to bundle up and whatever where she'd generally throw on a jacket in florida and be like i'm freezing to death because of all the humidity it feels like you're freezing to death you go out to south Dakota, it's like oh it's 50 it's like oh maybe i'll throw on a jacket not only does ryan have the nicest toys he has the nicest flannel shirts too mm, that's true <laughs> i take issue with that statement that's not even real flannel that that's like a that's How? never even cut down a tree is that gingham? Dare you? I that's like a dress you. shirt. That's like that's like a dress shirt. It's like a nice, right. like a I'm nice an shirt. Authentic New Englander. That's what I right. say. Mm-hmm. Did you get that? I've earned this flannel. You, they give you flannel when you're born in New England. How many you know? trees have you tapped? How many trees have you tapped? About four. All right, that's enough. That's, that's four more that's than enough. Have you really tapped a tree? No. Oh, man. <laughs> you could have told me it was. I would have believed it. You should have. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, totally twice on sunday no did, did that one come from the homeland though from the i actually don't know what if what? this one's authentic i don't think it is and i'd have to it I'd just looks look like a tag. dress shirt to me it doesn't have like the soft flannel you know sawdust absorbing vibes are you sure i feel yeah you know what i feel like i feel like you're being a little oregon bias <laughs> as someone who cut down trees wearing flannels while cutting down trees is not a good not a good thing. I will you say wanna... we don't even have a state tartan for those deep cuts that people know that know what a, know what a tartan is. It's like a flat pattern, <laughs> yeah. basically. And there there are uh, there are like some states have adopted a, an official tartan, and uh, not not Oregon. There there was a long debate, and many tartans were were uh, you know suggested, but none of them were officially approved. So just sad. We're not hey, even we well, we don't even have an official flannel. I mean, California state. So speaking of tartans, I just watched Highlander again this weekend. What a good movie. Which, which, uh, which one? The first one? There can only be one. I am Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Yeah. Uh, California has a state tartan. I'm going to go buy one. All the best states do. Sob. That's not true. Florida probably. A couple of tartans that I can wear. Florida definitely doesn't have one. They're like, what's that? Is that for warm? You know what? Surprisingly, it might, though, because, uh, uh, yeah, Florida has a tartan. Um, It's not in the Wikipedia list of U.S. state tartans. Oh, well, it's it's in the Scottish Register of Tartans from the U.K. Anyway, welcome to our fabric podcast, (laughs) where we talk about how to attach Velcro, how to attach zippers, and that's about all my fabric knowledge. No, it's uh, it's talking about textiles. You gotta be careful that zipper textiles. providers get hacked. All right, like you don't want the hacked. If Joanne zippers. Fabrics gets hacked, we're all going down. <laughs> Was it a Joanne Fabrics classified zippers? Surprised but, to no one. Wait, we did actually talk in the past about YKK, the zipper company, getting yeah, hacked. yeah, that yeah, actually that's actually happened. Yeah, we, we made all the dot yeah. zip jokes then, and now we can <laughs> bring them back. That that's also the official zipper of the hacker hoodie too. So be careful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait really it's so funny like, yeah like if you look at the like, rucka like, hoodies they have uh ykk zippers. oh this one does too this is a dark hand diary hoodie. Yeah. like suddenly oh, to... oh go ahead Kelly. oh i was just gonna say i have to be equal opportunity here we've commented um ryan on his his very nice duds ian you're looking very sparkly and very okay. fabulous okay. um but i also have to say shecky and alex are 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 bringing in the traditional look and i like it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and Corey, you're hiding your hair again. What's going on? <laughs> I'm not hiding anything. 
Yes, you're hiding something. That's that's actually the official statement of someone that's hiding something. So oh, yeah. I, what I meant is I'm hiding many things. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe what I'm hiding in here. I actually got a sign. I haven't put it up yet in the office. As some of you know from working with me, I've become addicted to Timu. And so they have all these signs. So I've got danger. This sign is distracting. Don't let it draw away from your attention from something needs to be completed. That's, that's like a real meme, I think. I've yeah. seen that sign. But this is the one I was just thinking of. I haven't hung up yet outside my office. <laughs> I like this one too. Beware of. Just beware. Um, yeah. And I like this one. This one's caution. Private road or private sign. Sign do not read. <laughs> So which one goes on the restroom door? Um, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I, well, well, during the holidays, while we're off, this back wall's getting redone. So redone. when we come back, that's why all that's down there. That's going to be a chore. It is. And it's getting a TV panel so I can do stuff back there on it. And all. It's, it's going to be worse. This is the sign I was thinking of. <laughs> also, they're rounded too. That's the worst part. I would want to touch them. They mean them. like the actual edge, edge, not like the, uh, oh, okay. you know, they mean like one the... thing. One thing my dad always taught me is if there's not a sign saying you can't do it, go for it. That means like you're, you'll be the first and then they make the sign. I'm mm. thinking of the Simpsons one that's like, do not, <laughs> do, no trespassing. Then it's like, or do, I'm a sign, not a cop. I use that in so many compliance lectures when I was teaching. That was like the first slide. This is compliance. <laughs> mm -hmm. should, should we get going? Are we gonna? Yeah, are we gonna? Where roll? are we going, Ryan? Are we, are we there yet? This is I'm the last. Let's talk about the news. This, this is, is the, the last, last time. New, last news of the year. And yes, last news. And no of hacking in our hiatus. We're not going to be here no next week, so no hacking or no, news allowed. Nothing will happen. No. Nothing will it's happen. It's going to be peacetime for uh, cybersecurity. Yep, we're uh, declaring a cease. Before, cease before we before cease we roll packing. the intro, I, I I will say we will be back on January eighth, uh, officially in twenty twenty four. Nice. All right, now now that we've taken care of that business, let's let's go for it. Roll the finger. Hello and welcome to Black Hills Information <laughs> Security Talk going about the news. I hope you brought your tacos. It is December 18th, 2023, aka the last news of 2023. We've specifically requested a cease packet for the next uh, two weeks where we will be on hiatus, returning January 8th, 2024. And that was an awesome intro, Ian, so thank you. Oh, that, I was, it was... that was all hurt, so... Kurt's not here, good. so I'm just going to give you the middle manager treatment oh. and say oh, three okay. demerits, or I wait, no, three gold stars <laughs> for you and your team. We'll do it. We'll do this. We'll do it. We need a wreck of tartan. He's totally right. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't have a BHS tartan. Um, so, I mean, what happened? What ha We got CVS, Walgreens giving Ooh. out records to law enforcement. We got Discord features improvements. We've got Ubiquity being fed access to strangers' secret cameras. We've got all kinds of bad things. Oh, wait, oh, I have cartels. video to delete that. Cartels. If Ubiquity has been leaking video. I'll be right and our cast includes <laughs> Brian, definitely real flannel, definitely not living in Florida. We've got Shecky, who took a couple weeks off, but now he's back, thank God. We've got Baloov. Is it is it Baloov? I'm just going to say yeah. Baloov. Yeah, you got right. right. We've got Baloov and his... Definitely not creepy mannequin. We've got Wade, <laughs> aka John Green. Ah, got, okay, somebody knows who this shirt is. All right, we've good got job. sequel claws. That's pretty funny. Don't forget to add a semicolon when you address him. Mm. And we've got Kelly bringing in the uh, well lit bookshelves. So you can see all the books. That's all you got, Corey. If, you, if you're That's watching in you 4K, got? you can read all the books. <laughs> if you're yeah, you, you have to you have to turn on the highest can't, definition camera. Can confirm I'm reading those books as as we do this. Like, and and yes. I immediately go right down to the IKEA octopus on the bottom. <laughs> That's one of the books. I got my I got my sharks over here. Man. I was gonna say the rubber chicken award is my favorite. So mm. that was from Way West, right? I believe. Yeah, uh, that one's from yes. Way West. Yeah. I remember my conferences. Uh, all right, let's get started. I made it. So I was just like, yes, that's where we... Oh, wait. <laughs> and y'all missed the sign above my head. What did you say? Let's get a spot on that. Naughty, Naughty and dance. Nice. Covering all the bases. I like it. Yep. I'm on both That's lists. a good password. 
That gets my password spray of the week recommendation. Naughty ampersand nice. Capital N, capital N. Winter exclamation mark. Naughty It meets nice. complexity. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, so, okay, let's talk about cartels, I guess. Uh, Ooh, that seems like yeah, a bad way to sounds... kick it off, but well, let's, yeah, let's kick it off. So the article is from Vice News. It's talking about how the headline is cartels are using a police database to track and target their enemies. Apparently, they're piggybacking on technologies designed for local governments. How they're tapping them, I'm not sure. The software is called Titan, has been used by several Mexican state governments, a source familiar with the program said. It can geolocate people in real time, access to minute-by-minute location logs, and obtain official identification documents. So potentially, this is like law enforcement corruption uh, issues in Mexico, where they're basically impersonating law enforcement, or they have corruption contacts in law enforcement, and they're using them to purchase... I guess they're also available in the black market. So unknown this, if they're using, say, is it corruption based or is it? This isn't the first time we've seen the Mexican cartels using, I would say, military grade cybersecurities, right? Like there was rumors well, that they were using. I would call this using, data brokers, right? Would you discuss data brokers? I would, I would call it data brokers. Government, government grade though, because it's yes, geolocation, yeah. geolocation would, right? So that's exactly. like next level. They And I, I remember like they did law. use... Pegasus didn't back in the day oh, yeah. to hack journalist cell phones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah I rem- it was one of the cell phone yeah. hackers. I don't remember if it was exactly Pegasus, but they were actively using it to do gnarly stuff. This but, article, it, it, I mean, I've talked to a few people in the OSINT community that have told me specifically they're going after these kinds of tools as data sources because they're supposed to be like it should be law enforcement only, but it isn't always that way. And as we can see, if they're being advertised for roughly six hundred dollars to nine thousand dollars, which is classic price range for scammers, the six hundred dollar right. one is definitely a scammer. You know, on a WhatsApp group managed by a council, which includes criminal organizations and supposedly Mexican state officials. I guess if you have some experience with this, I mean, I would basically say these, from a privacy and data collection perspective, these location like tracking data brokers are typically they use like advertising they have basically device ids um for each device and they use like advertising hits for you know when this device hits this ad or this list if did, that's correct did, i don't know if Alex did you know read all the way uh did you read down to the bottom where it said vice news actually bought, got access to it and used it yeah yeah i'm kind of curious how um <laughs> you know some of the things that so I, I tried looking up the software too and found some other articles didn't quite find the software yet, uh, but it does say that it's like they don't get the software, they get the licenses, and the licenses were sold to some of the state police, and yeah, the licenses were sold to the state police. I saw in other articles, like, you know, they uh, the people who spoke with Vice News, it was a different article, uh, said that they believed the platform was used a lot more by criminals than by law enforcement to find missing persons in the country, uh, of which there are about 100,000. So this... Mm. This kind of, I'll read it, I'll read up on this a little bit more, but this kind of irks me that there's this tool that is being called out that law enforcement is not using to find missing persons. So, and instead, those licenses are winding up in the hands of criminals to use them. So, it's a license-based thing that you sold a bunch of licenses to law enforcement. Yeah, I mean, it could be corruption. It could also be these law enforcement agencies (laughs) definitely have been hacked. We've seen this. We've talked about it. It could be, too. Yeah. I didn't read anywhere where it's saying how it's getting geolocation data. Oh, it says SS7. Does it? And I've actually seen, yeah. so yeah. I will link it. I'll find it and link it. Um, I actually found like on the dark web, which is a fake word that I just made up. Um, mm. I found a, a <laughs> blog that someone wrote about geolocating people using SS7, but it was not like, it was basically required you to essentially monitor or like basically have like a femto cell and be monitoring for like certain activity. That makes sense. I'll link the blog. It's kind of interesting, but like this uh, SS7, for those that don't know, is as the protocol used for text messaging. Apparently, like law enforcement has access to device IDs, tying those to locations. So it's probably just a data set created. I honestly don't um, know if I would want the public police to have this anyway, right? Like this is pretty gnarly. I think the funniest thing about this, when you read through the article, is the cartel source who shared Titan's login credentials with Vice, it says, doesn't know who's behind the company, but he goes on in quotes, they don't buy the software, they buy his li- they buy licenses. For example, I can show you that I sold 1,000 license to the Jalisco State Police and some 500 to the Nuevo Leon State Police. The cartels are selling these licenses to the police. 
Wait. Hmm. Is that how you read that? The, the cart what? That's the cartel what, that's, source. That's exactly what it says here. The cartel yeah. source goes on to say that he was the one that sold lo- up to fifteen hundred licenses to different state polices. Right in the article. Oh, right I after they that, talk about SS seven. And I read that as the person who was the source for the news story. So they, ah. they were saying that I could be wrong. I could be interpreting that wrong, but that they were the source for the news story confirming that yes, these specific licenses and they had sold to these other people, not that the cartels were selling them back, which to be fair, after if, Harambe was shot, who knows what's going on on the timeline. Scroll up a little bit, Ryan. You'll see where I, where it says, cause it says the cartel source. Who that's why the I was logging credentials. Yeah. And he's the one that's, and that source is the one that's quoted. That sounds to me like the cartels are selling this stuff. Possibly. I'm guessing that this is like some vendor, like this is a, I don't know. The cartels are the vendor. (laughs) No, I I think it, I I think it is more, here's, here's my guess for how this business model works. And this is totally a guess. I'm not in this world, but I'm Hmm. guessing that essentially you have a provider that has this data and says, okay, we're tapping into the U.S. law enforcement network. Let's tap into the Mexican law enforcement network because obviously they have Border Patrol and all the same stuff. But basically, they're trying to tap into that Mexico market. Someone is reselling the product and is also including cartel members in their, you know, resale. Yeah, so I'm looking through through some other articles and it doesn't seem as though the software is Titan, the data... The software is called Titan, but that's not the, what the, the government owns. The government owns the database. Got it. And the adversaries made the software called Titan in order the, to access yes. their database. Um, so it's not like they're stealing licenses to a government software. They're just using it to basically just pull data. But the data, uh, the original database. data is sourced from law enforcement databases. So it's like somewhere, someone somewhere has either an exposed API key or a you know, yeah. basically insider threat account that is ca- collecting yeah. data and packaging it up and selling it to cartels. So then that's, so. that sort of makes sense that he's selling the licenses also to, right. you know, the, the state police that mm-hmm. go, hey, you, you have a tool that queries our own database probably better than our own tool queries the database. So they're buying that. They're buying it for their use. The criminals are buying it for also their use. Yeah. Uh, although there was there was the point uh, also made by a source, different article again, uh, that these cartels aren't going to find anybody that law enforcement or the government doesn't put in the database. Like if the government doesn't want that person found, they'll have them removed from the database so that if you search for them, you're you're just not getting you're not pulling that data from the database. <laughs> what if, what uh, if I mean, this is all just a trap and they're monitoring for who's searching the databases and who they're searching for? Oh, you have to be and, uh, much faith. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Way, well, <laughs> even if they were, what is it going to be like? Oh, we tracked this to a phone in, you know, Juarez. All right, that that yeah. case is closed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ryan, when you, Ben from KC put in a quote here because I, I think I can, I, I actually have the ability to go. So Ben from KC's got. Wait, there's a potentially corrupt Leo law enforcement officer that gave insider information to criminals? That never happens. I'm here, by the way, to do a pantomime of how this works for you. Okay, so you're, uh, you know, you're a corrupt official in the government, and one of these cartel folks comes up and says, I'm going to put a gun to your head, and you can choose what comes out. And they go, money. And they go, okay, cool. And they go, okay, I got the best of money. And then, <laughs> and then they get access. So Those were real hundreds. Well, um, you know how I roll. <laughs> I like how Ian just had that, or I mean, sequel clause just had that ready semicolon. How do you think I pay the elves, man? Boom, <laughs> cash to the face. They got those, paid with milk and cookies. Podcast, I just shot a cash gun at my face with many. <laughs> yeah, those on audio, we just saw Ian get like self cash gun to the face. I like how you paused for a second. Like, wait, there's a word for this that I can't the, the, use. I want to think of a word. Yes, the word gets us put on the naughty list, right? Uh, and we don't want to be on that naughty right. list. No, no, we're family friendly show. We're family friendly, exactly. Okay, You're guys. So, what are we supposed to learn from this article, in your opinion? My opinion is number one: data brokers need to very, very closely track who has access to their databases, and this is something we haven't seen any regulate regulations or other things. It's just kind of like, hey, this is really bad. Here's a bunch of U.S. Congress people's personal information or geolocations, and then. Nothing has happened, to my knowledge. 
There's supposed to be data sources restricted. They're not being appropriately restricted, whether it's not monitoring insider threats, too much money involved, whatever it is. I think my opinion is we need to be very closely controlling who can access this data because it's incredibly dangerous. Like Alex said, maybe they have blacklists of who can't be queried. But if you can just type in, you know, Trump's phone number or whoever and just get their exact down to the second or down to the minute geolocation, this is a huge security threat for basically anyone that has a high profile. So that's crazy. Yeah, yeah depending on who's all in the database, because that would be odd for the, to have all like the, the cell data and criminal history data for somebody not in Mexico. But I can, yeah, I can absolutely see where the, the cartels would pull the information on people in country that they're trying to find. Oh, it's definitely being used on U.S. citizens too, like a hundred percent. At the bottom of that, uh, at the bottom of that article, at the bottom of the article, it says there's a service where they just delete your criminal records in Mexico. Like, do you have a lot of criminal records in Mexico, Wade? There's not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I don't recall. (laughs) That was the proper legal term. I do not recall. Not My, yeah, I, I mean, my lawyers told me, "Donde está la charges?" I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, and the, and you can pay to post fake charges against someone. Oh, well, no. well, you know the seriousness not, of the yeah. issue, though, is mm-hmm. is physical security of people is something we all value and we all try and protect. So, yeah, while this may be across the border, um, your your point is well taken that it's is getting used against Americans. We just may not know about it yet, and and maybe an article like this not only um, scares the bejesus out of us, but maybe it also gets the attention of some of our Congress people. I mean, Hopefully. I can tell you that yeah. like the Congress people have already been made very well aware of their data being on data brokers, and we've seen no movement so far. I think John Oliver over a year ago now did a thing about data brokers. But as far as like, you know, whether it's being used against like, as we know, we've talked about it already on the show, uh, corrupt law enforcement, um, you know, using this to geolocate their ex-wives or their ex-wives, new boyfriends or et cetera. Like there are documented cases of this type of thing happening. So definitely the risk is there, whether or not it's in Mexico or it's in the US, the data needs to be more appropriately protected, in my opinion. Um, But it's like we don't have any data protection procedures for like up to date geolocation information. It's not it's not considered to be a sensitive piece of data. So it's not regulated as such, at least not to my knowledge. No, we saw that. Uh, a while back when I think it was the New York Times did an amazing article. It might have been Vice. Forgive me if, you know, if I got the reporters wrong, but uh, they did an amazing article where they used that that S7 data around the White House and they could start making predictions based on where they saw this location and they were just buying it, which is, which is really, I think, Kelly, to your point, the truly terrifying thing is that a lot of law enforcement agencies will straight up tell you, I can't get that data without a warrant. But if you signed it away, and I can go buy it, I can get it immediately. And that's how a lot of law enforcement agencies are just avoiding those types of issues, saying, oh, we have to do a wiretap. We have to get this from a judge. We have to do that. No, we'll just buy the data just like advertisers do. Yep. So speaking of potential abuses by law enforcement, now we found out that CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens hand out medical records to cops without a warrant. Yay. Yay. Well, it's a good thing that so much of our uh, medical is moving to like behind a little counter at Walgreens. I mean, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's it's interesting that this doesn't violate HIPAA. Like that was my first thought when I read this. And then like not violate HIPAA. How are they not a business associate as a pharmacy? Pharmacists are not violating regulations under HIPAA. The pharmacies pointed to language in HIPAA regulations that allow healthcare providers, including pharmacists, to provide medical records if required by law with subpoenas being sufficient legal process of such a request. Okay, well, wait. So the, the way the headline... Yeah, it, 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 yeah so wait, so wait right? subpoena versus warrant? Isn't a subpoena Trump a warrant? Or... I don't know. Oh my gosh. That's what that... Same thing. Are they not the same thing? No, I think... I guess not. I think a subpoena Kelly? can be used Kelly? in a civil case as well. <laughs> like, I think a subpoena can't... See, I can sue you and then, like, do a subpoena for discovery, but... Um, I generally think of myself... I think Kelly is sitting there, like, yeah, Kelly, wait, waiting for us to... Just taking the humor out of us trying to define the term when she would have more expertise. I I actually don't. You stumped me. And like I said before, I'm I'm not a lawyer. I'm just a GRC person. According to Google. That's that's pretty close. According to Google. According to ChatGPT, who we know is a great legal aid from previous news articles. 
A warrant allows search, seizure, or arrest to be made by an officer. A subpoena asks persons to appear in court or testify as witness or produce evidence such as papers, forms, materials, information. So uh, a warrant is used for arrests. That makes sense. Subpoena is used to get the papers. Well, if I could even simplify that further, I think the subpoenas are used to force you to give up evidence, whereas the warrants are used to allow them to search for evidence you won't give up. Is mm-hmm. what that's yeah. Sounded. So basically, the the main thing is this is a privacy thing, and especially in the article they talk about, you know, now that we're in a post Dobbs era, meaning a, basically abortion drama, like certain states might be like, hey, we need this information. If I'm a super, you know, fundamentalist cop in a certain place and say, hey, I need access to all the people who have gotten this procedure, all the people who have gotten this contraceptive or whatever it is, I can just get that list with no questions asked. This is a problem. It's the same thing with when we okay. saw in the past uh, in Ring video uh, doorbells. You yeah. could just say you were law enforcement and say that the request is an emergency, and it would be immediately allowed, no matter what uh, whether you know there was any proof or um, documented evidence do of that. Or do you think when uh, when CVS gets asked for this that they just print it on a receipt and hand it to you? A really long receipt. Like, they're like, here you go. Here you Their go. receipts are so long. Already. It's just a regular receipt for they're, them. You like, have to, like, wrap it around your chest like 15 <laughs> times and like carry it out. It's like 10 pounds. Yeah, well, there's I, coupons I, I, on the back of it for <laughs> cough drops. Yeah, when I, when I read up on this, <laughs> people were saying legal aid is what. <laughs> go ahead, Alex. Yeah, yeah, people were asking about, like, you know, what about your privacy? What about your rights? Uh, one of the things that came up was uh, a reference to. Uh, the uh, ACLU and the 100-mile border zone to where your Fourth Amendment rights kind of get can be suspended within 100 miles of a border, which if you look at like what that encapsulates is 60% of the U.S. It's all of Florida, by the well, way. Well, thank it, God that borders bookstores went out of business. Like, I'm sitting here in the Milwaukee area, and I'm like, how am I within 100 miles of a border? And apparently they count like Michigan as a border. Michigan but, is a foreign yeah, state. So it's one of those weird things to where, I mean, yeah, we talked about the, the we, we want to stand up and advocate for our privacy rights, uh, although there are a lot of laws that, you know, they encroach upon that constantly. I mean, can we just acknowledge the fact that the OOP, the OOP has tried to secede several times? That's why it's, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. What's the OOP? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know why Wisconsin fights a little over that. Michigan that's like... like up there, oh, the upper, upper peninsula, peninsula, right? Yeah, the, the upper peninsula. Who, who works? Someone, someone from BHS does lives in the upper peninsula. I can't remember who. We can't disclose their name or location. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. probably better. Yeah, that's <laughs> you have to get that from the Mexican cartels if you want. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to sign up for the Juarez law enforcement department. This is a pri- with I mean, this, this medical data. Thing. Like, what do you think they're using it for, particularly? Right, like. The first thing I would think is mental stability cases, right? That type of thing, or totally. possibly, uh, right? Or the other the my, my thing main is thing. definitely a thing. It's saying like, hey, this person committed a crime in our state. We're going to go ask some other state whether they yeah. received a procedure or aftercare meds or whatever for a procedure in another state, and then go arrest them. Oh, or I was thinking you know, like gun laws said. properly. Yeah, like well, try, like if they're on any type of like antipsychotic meds. They would go there, ask for it, and they'd be like, all right, he already has several warnings. We checked he has, he's on meds. We're going to take away his guns. I mean, that's wishful Which, thinking, but no, yeah, probably not it's that. It's wishful it's, thinking. It's, we know it's not going to happen. It's probably but. not that. You can, no, I would guess that, I think that whole thing is handled at least on a federal level by like the FBI or whatever. But um, I would guess probably it's used for, you know, like you said, mental health crises and things like that to, you know, at least me looking at it cynically, I think probably being used to uh, stack up cases against certain individuals to say, now we can go to a judge and say, and by the way, they were on this and this at the time, and then this happened or, you know, uh, that I, kind of thing. It's private information, only, but I can not only speak private. To, yeah, I can only speak to Florida, but we had the huge like opioid problem yeah. here, not just, not just the epidemic, but we're kind of the source of it. Uh, where people would fly in from Kentucky and whatnot and just get prescriptions for thousands of pills. And I take, I don't mind sharing it, whatever, I take Vyvanse for ADHD. And Florida is so crazy about how they control those drugs um, that it would not surprise me if 
like it hit a database and they said, hey, Walgreens, has this person showed up to get Sudafed more often than not? Because we also have like a meth case going against them or something. Mm. I could see that happening. Yeah. I, yeah. I or, that's, hey, that's this person go. is, yeah, like, hey, this person's having a DUI. What prescription meds are they on? Or like other, you know. Yeah. No, I just, I, I, I hate that we're talking about this because what it does is it stigmatizes further people who need or are worried about getting the medication they need and then having, you know, it turned into something. I give you a really yes. good example. Like in court. Could, uh, in court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In um, court. That's the thing. Like this is now, this is now admissible evidence. Yeah. Instead now, of now, being like, your honor, I smelled marijuana. It's going to be like, your honor, we subpoenaed it from Walgreens and they've gotten, you know, 15, some, you know, prescriptions for different, you know, muscle relaxers or I don't know, whatever it is. Well, yeah, we really need a federal privacy law, not just for specific things like healthcare and and education and things like that. We really need a federal because I'll give you a really good example of this one. I'd like to go back a couple comments. I want to pull it up, Brian. Proxmox put a book up here. I highly recommend this to anyone who's like, well, I don't have anything to hide. Why would I be worried about people learning my medications? The book is called Three Felonies a Day. It's short. It's only about that. It's only for those who are listening. It's only maybe, I don't know, less than half an inch thick. And the size of a Christmas cookie. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) A sugar cookie. I like your theming. Either way, it goes through and explains, here's all the felonies that you do every day. And you probably don't even realize it. But if the police want to press this issue, they can and they can use it to corner you and make you plead to something else. The The real example of this is imagine this is what I, I worry about. Say you have somebody who has depression and they need uh, antidepressants and suddenly it gets into public record that they have antidepressants where it's subpoenaed through uh, or yeah, subpoenaed in this case. It ends um, up in a case where someone's suing them and then, yeah. Well, worse than that, say it's a child um, uh, uh, custody case and their depression is completely under control. They're fine. But now that being that public record being out there, they might have that used against them in a custody case with their children. I, I, I think that's terrible because now you've got, you've got someone may have to make a choice. Do I get the meds I need or do I make sure that this person doesn't have anything to hold against me in court? And that's, that's just yep. not, that's so the rough, answer is yeah. when you get prescriptions, definitely get them under a fake name. Like, <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or, or you know what we recommend is you get in touch with your local cartels. That's get right. In touch. They'll they'll probably get in touch with you, knowing the records they have. Yeah, so don't worry about it. Just cartels. They have access to all kinds of stuff they don't have at Walgreens. Okay. What if no, we find I'm, out that uh, that's how spam works? They find out like who wants drugs, and that's how they send you things like, "Oh, you want heroin? <laughs> we know you do." Uh, like, wait, wait a second. Okay, guys, I gotta okay. bring this back in for a second here. Please do. Well, let's let's talk about HIPAA and HIPAA enforcement, Health and Human Services. Mm-hmm. There has been those of you who've been in the HIPAA space for a long time know that HIPAA is well, it's kind of squishy. It basically says you should do good things around cybersecurity, not the most prescriptive regulation we have. Uh, this past year, whereas we're kind of doing this year-end roundup and talking about news articles, there has been new guidance released in 2023 um, in an effort to update um, HIPAA guidance and uh, more clear guidance from Health and Human Services. The So they've released a new cybersecurity strategy. And one of the things is... Um, they want to set cybersecurity performance goals for the healthcare sector. And some of these performance goals, yeah, they're self-reporting. Um, but you know, as we've talked about in, in this podcast, is there's been an incredible stream of ransomware. I just unbelievable this year, especially targeting large hospitals. So I think this issue that HIPAA isn't enough to protect our healthcare sector is being heard. Um they're also trying to incentivize healthcare organizations to do better security. Now that I know that sounds kind of um, namby pamby, um, not very well articulated. Uh, but the point I'm trying to bring up here is there is definitely a room for improvement with healthcare regulations and with HIPAA. And and I hope that this story brings that um, more attention that it deserves. Yeah, agreed, hundred percent. 
So yeah. when are we getting? Okay, so I'm thinking like. First of all, let's just draft our quick federal privacy law. Number one, geolocation data should be considered sensitive, period. Number mm-hmm. two, warrantless healthcare data disclosure should be HIPAA violations. And also, let's can we get like a privacy-focused pharmacy? Like, I, I know these places do exist. Um, I think it's just careful. You got to be careful with where you get your drugs. And apparently, it's going to be coming from the Church of Satan in certain states. So there's that. Well, did, I mean, did you notice that Walmart wasn't on that list? So, no, Walmart was on the list. First off, oh, wasn't? Oh, never, never mind then. <laughs> first off, first off, my pharmacist, uh, Reggae Steve down the street, is very privacy focused. Okay, <laughs> he doesn't want anyone knowing what he's selling. So right. yeah, basically, to get the to set the story straight of exactly what which certain pharmacies. If you're trying to pick, if you're shopping for a pharmacy, in this in the article, they say that three pharmacies, CVS, Kroger, and Rite Aid, say they don't require pharmacy staff to consult legal professionals before re- responding to law enforcement. So essentially, assume that your information can be disclosed without contacting you or without uh, someone signing off on it. The rest of the companies, which are Amazon, Cigna, Optum, RX, uh, Walmart, and Walgreens, require that law enforcement requests are reviewed by internal legal professionals. Um mm-hmm. And only Amazon, shockingly, out of all the companies, Amazon says they have a policy of notifying customers of law enforcement demands for pharmacy records unless they were specific legal prohibitions. So I guess like if you have to pick a national grade pharmacy, pick Amazon. I can't believe I'm saying that. But yeah, I mean, somehow they're the most privacy focused. However, they will sell you. They'll be like, because you like Vyvanse, have you tried snorting Adderall? Um, Or or use your your private pharmacies because... None of oh, the yeah. places that I go to are on that list because they're just they're smaller pharmacies. Yeah. Um, I Cartel think that's, Inc. No, not Cartel Inc. And that is Reggae a, a, uh, mm-hmm. that is a, a requirement in some of like the, uh, the the northern states is that you it has to be a private pharmacy, which is why and I know this because they didn't have Walgreens for the longest time in North Dakota with a pharmacy inside because the pharmacy needed to be. At least fifty percent owned by a private pharmacist. Oh, they have Wall Drug. They, Wait, no, that's, yeah. South, that's in South Dakota. South Dakota. Sorry, I've got Wall Drug magnets on my fridge now. Yep. All right, let's let's get less on. depressing. Who's got a yeah. fun one? No, we anyone, who got uh, caught? Has anyone gotten got, caught? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not get caught, but I got. I, I have. There's two cool oh, no, ones that are government related. Got caught. That a cloud engineer got two years for wiping. Oh, that oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this isn't really like it's not like satisfying, but it is like FAFO, as they say on the interwebs. Um, Two years and 500 grand, wasn't it? Or was it 529 grand or roughly two bitcoins at current price? I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) So Miklos Daniel Brody, a cloud engineer, was sentenced to two years in prison and restitution of 529K for wiping the code repositories of his former employer in retaliation for being fired. First Republic Bank was a commercial bank in the U.S. employing over 7,000 people. The bank closed and was sold to J.P. Morgan Chase, along with the you know every other company in the U.S. Uh, basically, he was fired on March 11th, 2020, and then he uh, connected to... <laughs> he was fired... Sorry, I'm reading this live. He was fired for connecting a USB drive containing pornography to company computers. That's your standard disgruntled employee right there. Oh, yeah. Probably loading it into Active did, Directory. Did you hear his, it, I don't know if this article has like the story of like what he said he was like actually doing. And then he's like, "Oh, like my my friends gave me a USB drive with a copy of The Matrix on it, like that movie from." So he was trying to watch The Matrix out. <laughs> he was trying to watch. He, he was trying to watch a movie twenty four years old. He's trying to watch work. a twenty four year old movie on like the off of like a, a USB drive. Plug that in, and he's like, "Yeah." And then I just started moving files around and like. Maybe something trip. He had like this this <laughs> dealing with the too. tough users. I I completely believe oh, that. Yeah. Story. Okay. I, so he yeah. looked at here's here's the basically the like play by play. He looked at porn network supposedly, or maybe he was watching the Matrix. Either way, definitely not the kind of good look that you want for your employer. Then he was fired. Then he refused to turn his work laptop and instead used his still valid account. Cough cough. This is where the security team is supposed to step in uh, to access the bank's computer network and cause damages estimated to be above $220,000, including deleting bank's code repositories, running a malicious script to delete logs, left leaving taunts within the bank's code for former colleagues, and impersonating other bank employees by opening sessions in their name. 
He also emailed himself proprietary bank code that he had worked on as an employee, which was valid at over $5,000. Some say that was just a script to email his boss saying, I did a lot of work today. Yeah, it was called dar.sh. So there you go. Yeah, I, I guess like I'm surprised. I feel like uh, this is way stiffer of a sentence than I would have guessed. But here we are. Well, I think he lied to Secret Service as well. That's probably what got him. Because I, I mean, that's I've what got so him. Is the, the, the lie like to the authorities. He yeah. said, yeah, so he said his laptop was stolen from his car. So it's just like, oh, my friends gave me the porn. It's also like, someone stole my laptop, which I will say, honestly, though, the ha because I got hacked is a great defense. Like, that is my going to be my default legal defense no matter what happens. I'm going to mm -hmm. say I got hacked, and it, hopefully that works out. Uh, but yeah, you got to be careful because it's pretty easy to tell if your laptop was stolen or not when it's like probably in your house. I'm so. trying to remember the law that went into effect in Florida, and it's like the Data Recovery and Abuse Act or something. Kelly, maybe you have heard of it. I, I'm, it's, it's escaping me. But one of the key changes a few years ago, and it's related to this article, was if your access isn't terminated, but you were informed that you are no longer an employee, it used to be that the onus was on the companies. And it was like, well, you didn't remove their access, so the assumption is they still have access, however it is that they've separated from the company. Um, the law changed that, that if you were informed you are terminated for the company and then you log in later, that's then a, uh, a CFAA uh, crime. Because it's like, nope, in our state, that's not how that works. But I'm trying to remember And that as it, a pro tip for, for security teams out there, if, if an employee ha had porn on their USB drive and then you fire them, you probably should expect the worst there. Should probably just go yeah, ahead and lock yep. that account the second that uh, that email goes out. UA, so, UA, you're right. UBA should have been high on that guy, right? Like, well, you know, I mean, honestly, it's a thing, uh, though. Like, check out I, his emails, check everything out, see what he's trying to else transfer out. What does he have access to? I mean, least, anytime at, at HR, an employee, yes, anytime yeah. an employee is terminated, HR needs to work very closely yep, with got, security yeah, to exactly make sure this doesn't going. happen. Yep. This yeah. this is every HR team and every security team need to be in lockstep. Disabling accounts at the right times, disabling access tokens. Uh, like it's just you can't just be like, oh well, oh the the accounts disabled, the session tokens are still valid. Don't worry about those. I don't think uh, I've ever talked about, but doing like in, uh like internal investigations is like as a blue teamer is one of the like funnest things I've ever, oh, yeah. I, I, I got to do because you actually get a target for once and you understand what's going and you you come to a conclusion at the end rather than just like reading logs all day be like i don't know maybe the server's hacked maybe it's like going through it but it's uh it has it's like a little bit weird just because yeah you're it's going like timestamp 422 utc the employee googled how to delete repositories Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> 423. The employee ran rare.sh or whatever it was. Yeah, and even says like what, it even says like what windows are in focus too, to where it goes. It's like okay, they switched over here. They they copied something and they dropped it into Slack right over here, and you see all of that information. That yes, so for the audience listening out there, if you have a good infosec team, they can see everything you do on the company network. So and and decent DLP tools. Also, yeah, it doesn't decent. really matter because if you delete stuff, like it, that's you don't need that close of logs to be like, where'd all the repos go? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's Ian, weird. Was that the, the log you were looking at, or is there a different one? I, no, I put it in the Discord. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I put I put a, a chat as well. I found it. The the law that I was remembering was the Computer Abuse and Data Recovery Act, CADRA, and I put links uh, in the comments there. Uh, but yeah, that one had a bunch of changes in Florida, and one of those that was big. And I remember getting a briefing on this years ago. Uh, but that was one of the big changes. Was yeah, you can't just be like, oh, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to connect anymore. Whoopsie do. Uh, you can't do that anymore. So, okay, can we talk real quick, just hypothetically, about what hacker jail should be like? Is it, what is it like? Hacker I'm jail? I'm trying to think of like the worst environment for a hacker to be in. It's like only, only Perl programming, maybe? No, it, it's, no. it's, fi it's <laughs> fixing your elderly relatives' phone or technology. Computer. Ah, you oh, like, you have to, like, it's like, it's there's definitely a private prison out there that's, yeah. there's a private yeah. prison out there that's like, we're going to make hacker jail. And it's going to be one of those for-profit jails, and it's running IT security support. Entry level, entry level help desk. You have to yeah, call yeah, them. 
It help, help Did you try to turn it off? Like, turn it back on again. Hang yeah. up. <laughs> oh, and yeah. you can go to the internet to get tutorials to fix the printers and all that in this jail, but it's only via a 14.4 modem that's also hooked to the visitor phone. So uh, anytime we fix it up, it kills yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Bernie, no, no, Three, no. 300 baud modem. 300 baud. 14 baud. 14.4 is too fast Here for 300 baud. Do you remember when Mitnick was put in jail? He wasn't allowed to touch anything electronic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the lawyers convinced the judge he could whistle the nuclear launch codes. Yep. <laughs> That's true. That's an absolute uh, statement. Th so there were, there were two government hacks in this past week that both I think are worthwhile to talk about. One, I'm going to, I'm not going to throw the link in or I'll throw the link in chat for the first one. The first one is supposedly the Ukraine hacked Russia's tax services and brought and or theoretically brought it down for a month. Uh, that one's from recorded future Ukraine intelligence claims cyber attack against Russia state tax service. So pretty much they just went in there and, and nuked the tax service. I thought this was gold. Like, could you imagine if the IRS got ransomware? Like, just complete round of the stop, like complete stop. What is it? February Imagine, or March? That's a specific well, <laughs> fantasy of mine. What? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> don't talk about my fetishes. Though. And also not just that they got <laughs> ransomware, but they didn't have any sort of backup because yes, I can imagine like the IRS getting ransomware, but not having any sort of recovery process from it and just oh. going like, oops, I guess everything's lost. All no, of our backups I, I would, were I would imagine. So when that shut down, we no, lost yeah. access. I would imagine they'd get ransomware and they'd be like, nah, it's okay. We got paperwork for everything. Yeah, Everybody everything. mail us in your taxes. Yeah. That that would be my first thought. Okay, that would, yeah. Uh, we got to see the if second I'm... one. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, we have to see if my soundboard works. Hold on. Let's see. Can we hear this one? Oh, go for it. We have to think back a little bit. Okay. Oh, I love it. The reason this is even funnier is go all the way back to, was it 2018, 2018, 2017, and not pet you. What did Russia oh, attack? Oh my God, you're so right. I am. You're so, so right. those that don't know, <laughs> not pet you was spread by Russia attacking a private company that the, that the country of Ukraine uh, put out like an RFP for. And imagine in the U.S., because this is more of a U.S.-centric show, but in the U.S., we have to kind of figure out our taxes. We don't just get a bill from the government. So imagine in Ukraine if they were buying something like TurboTax to do their taxes. But instead, Ukraine says, we're going to fund this publicly, and we're going to put on an RFP and private companies bid on it to build this tax offer. And this one company's one year over year over year, whatever. So the Russians said, well, wait a minute. If we can compromise that company, we can get on every desktop of every business and every individual that has to pay taxes. So this strike against their tax organization is absolutely a vendetta. It's absolutely going Hacker karma restored. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even think about that. That was so I had the, the Wayback Machine already loaded there so I could do that. I will say, like, it is, it, it, yeah, it's really interesting how now, like, we're in a state of cyber warfare whatever you want to call it where like nation states are just like that was us they're, they're just fine so on, it's better than kinetic on, warfare blowing up a building saying yeah. that was us try it again it'll be bigger i'll take this all day well that that is what they're doing as well just well, you true, know russia versus ukraine is a is a long thing but yeah i mean it's it's Can, just interesting to see a you know nation state just being like it was us suck it you know like yeah Can we go continuing back to on that about not paying our I, can we fantasize about not paying our taxes just a little bit longer mm, that no, would be nice no, that's the only thing that okay i i have turned this fantasy into a horror story imagine if the government <laughs> actually built a tax program like how bad it would be well, it could be so it never <sighs> it could be it just doesn't they just don't like no. would it be it would be like you have to actually use dial up to file your taxes like 100 <laughs> percent, or fax it you could fax your taxes uh. It could be More. called tax facts. That could be the site. Tax be it. <laughs> okay, wait. Uh, take so take on, it to the next yeah, one. <laughs> okay. On the same on the same like avenue, right? Iran recently got hacked where 70% of their gas stations have been taken offline. Supposedly it is Israel, right? They actually go into it, I believe. I don't have this one up. Uh, where is it? 
they have the name of the team who they think did it. But this one, I think, would actually cause more damage than uh, actual tax revenue service, which would be pretty crazy. Like, imagine there was a gas scare like this happened to us, theoretically, I guess, with uh, who is the big oil company that got hacked? Colonial Pipeline. I can't remember. Colonial Pipeline, right? And everyone went and bought gas because they all got scared. Could you imagine 70% of gas stations just going offline? Like how everyone would just like, I mean, I have a bunch of grocery bags full of gas, so I'm good. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I live in Florida. That happens a couple times a summer where you just show up and there's no gas because everyone filled their Really? Oh, I've never. More than a couple times from that hurricane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kelly knows. Yeah, absolutely. We had a little scare this past weekend with that tropical storm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I went uh, went to disasters. uh, yeah, that's true. Oh, Florida's kind of a disaster, but we love it. It's our disaster. Amen. <laughs> I don't think I've ever ha- gone to a gas station and then and them be completely out. I've gone to Costco gas and there'd be like a two hour wait. And I'm just like, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'll pay the extra 10 yeah. cents. I but... was just at a Wawa around the corner before the, the tropical storm came through. And I was like, why isn't this pumping? And they had just run out of regular and I had to do plus. And I was like, huh. Wow, first world problems. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> he says in his, you know, sequined jacket. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, those reindeer, they don't pull as hard anymore. Okay. Yeah. You had to augment it with a little motor. I've seen Santa Claus in Santa Claus 2 and oh, Santa yeah. Claus Home Alone 2, or I don't know, the one. Uh, Tim Allen Grunting 3. I forget the name of the movie. Tim Allen. Uh, like, uh, so, okay. Yeah. Here's a little, I, here's a PSA for everyone. Discord has added security key support for all users. So yeah. if you've got your old FIDO 2s, go and hook them up to your Discord. I think I, this is just a good idea for every company to do, but Discord in particular is one. What? Do you need your flipper as a key? I just set it up today to have that, that as, as another key. So I, I have, definitely don't want to carry the flipper around. It's just so big and bulky, oh, though. Well, yeah. Like, Oh yeah, you can, get, you can get Yubi keys for incredibly cheap and they don't have batteries and they're like NFC or USB-C. That, yeah, you know, just two. buy a bunch of them. It's my advice. Buy at least two or three of them because you can lose them. And if you do, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. yeah. Well, and my, my other thought with this was uh, what I went through and, and did the setup. Uh, it's really kind of a, a, a flaw people need to be aware of with when setting these things up. Because when you set them up, one of the first things it does is it gives you all your backup codes. Where are most people going to save their, those backup codes when they printed, set it up on their computer? Printed and printed onto uh, oh, okay. paper. I put, it, I put it right under my keyboard. Yeah, no, most people are just going to go the, follow the instruction with like the, oh, um, yeah, save I'll it to your save computer. a copy of it. Uh, yeah, sure, just hit the, hit the download button. You put it right in your downloads directory mm-hmm. and you forget about it. You go, sure, I'll take a copy of that because it downloads like a TXT file for you. And then it's like, okay, I need to take the TXT file and put it somewhere else or print it out, or copy it out, but a lot of users, if they go to this degree of creating it, they're just going to put it on their desktop, and guess what happens? If you're going to choose between printing it and downloading it, printing it is way better, because the people Mm -hmm. that have access to your downloads are much more than the people who have access to your physical location. Hopefully. Y'all got printers? Who who has a working printer? You get like a $20 laser printer on Amazon that lasts like 10 years in toner. I have never had a, a, that printer last that long. They die so quickly. No, like, I, I think dude, I've gone you, through yeah. three printers. So. Well, for some, like, printer. I eat them here. Sure, I don't. I, I must send yeah. me. Send me your go best. Get, go get a the brother everybody. laser jet that I have. Not if seen. you want the Yolo, if you want the Yolo version, <laughs> it's just a little notebook in your safe that has all your two-factor codes written down. I mean, that's like the that's fine too. So <sighs> I'm I, not I didn't want to write down that whole fake key. I want to just make sure. You only need one key. <laughs> you only need one. Sarsaparilla uh, put in here. Flipper U2F is not secure per Flipper. So, um, I guess yeah, I didn't, I didn't, didn't do that part yet. But what, what does the key extraction look like? Is if somebody gets a hold of my Flipper, then I just, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to beat you to Discord and just revoke it. Right. So yeah, but does, <laughs> do, so on the Yubi keys, on the Yubi keys, they have a pin that you have to enter before you can uh, authenticate. So I don't know if that applies to Flippers. Don't put yeah, your I mean, keys on Flipper. Mine's That's fine. not actual advice. That's just a ha. This is yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What were you saying, Kelly? Uh, um, uh, well, we were talking about using the flipper versus using paper. I think the easiest thing is just to flip out altogether. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, just, just, just lose Freak your out. Totally fine. Yes, panic is always the first step of any incident response plan. I've seen many. 
That's true. Uh, <laughs> and the first okay, okay, I got a response plan. Where is that? Going back to my talk last week when we were talking about best condiments, ketchup and mustard and everything. Did you oh. see Kraft Heinz is reviewing claims of cyber attack to their internal systems? Oh my god, 57 different flavors of cyber attack? Yeah, no, they, they the people that. heard our call for mustard is the primary uh, condiment of all, and so they're attacking ketchup. No, they made that clear <laughs> ketchup. That they made the clear ketchup, and then people are like, "Listen, you can wrong. come for American tax agencies, but if you come for our condiments, we will fight yeah. back." Uh, right. If you take away our mayonnaise <laughs> and our ketchup, I mean, what do we have left as a society? It's true. And Barbecue macaroni sauce. and cheese. Let's not yeah. forget that craft yes. is craft macaroni, macaroni and cheese. cheese. Oh man! I mean, what would we do? So basically, this has been claimed by the snatch ransomware gang who doesn't like mayo they specifically call that out uh, do they really I, oh, i'm seriously? joking i just made that up no just run with it that was serious that's true <laughs> so they've also hit a wisconsin school district in october 22 october 2022 i can talk and gain the attention of the u.s senate after stealing sensitive data of more than 1.2 million patients on an attack on the largest hospital in florida or one of basically now that they've finally targeted mayonnaise they're basically APT 69420. Ketchup, ketchup, ketchup. You may, they like mayonnaise. They actually oh. hacked into QP Mayo and patched their systems and then came out <laughs> just to <laughs> make sure. So they hate mustard and ketchup, but they like mayonnaise? Yeah, yeah. So Only QP mayonnaise, are, though. That's like high-level mayonnaise. We're being a bit cheeky about this, but Kraft Heinz is a much bigger organization they're than really we think it is. It, yes. Yeah. Yes, um, and the like, fact that now they're targeting um, the food sector does concern me because I, I can't remember if food is actually listed as critical infrastructure or not. I believe it is. Um, I believe food supply chain, because when I was working at HD Supply, I was part of um, uh, InfraGuard. And I believe uh, food and farm supply chain is. Alex Trapp has the ultimate there. Yeah. The APT was based in Chicago, designed to keep consumers from putting ketchup on their hot dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no. So, okay, let's just, I'm just going to list all the companies that were breached. And if any of them stick out to anyone, feel free to Google it. But so we've got Mr. Cooper, who I've never heard of, yes. but apparently oh, it's not uh, a person. I, the, it's a mortgage no, giant. No, it's not. Yeah. It's a mortgage giant. Yes. It's bigger so than you think that. it is. There's Mr. It Cooper. Is very there's it's Mr. MongoDB. I'm not just going to say everything is Mr. <laughs> I don't know why a company has to have a gender. I'm very confused. Basically, uh, MongoDB, Vans, and Supreme, VF Corp. Apparently, those are the same company. Who knew? I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know. No, yeah. My, good good uh, on Vans. Uh, I, have, I have a post-show update on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does it involve a under cash friend EA, Not for the friends that are listening, but the friends that are on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Keep going. Delta What's Dental of Colorado. Page? Or sorry, California. Oh, okay. I lied. That was the wrong C state. Uh, Delta, I'm sorry, got, Delta. They, Someone's stock. They definitely got my. Uh, they got my cavity information for sure. Like that, it's. I'm screwed. They're gonna get I a fish a that's like. I we have... heard you like cavities. Have you tried fishing? <laughs> uh, uh, Easy Park. Never heard of it, but I'm sure that somehow it has like 300,000 customers. Um, they're in the past. The parking breaches have been particularly useful to us OSINT practitioners because they have VINs, license plate numbers, mobile oh, phones. Because wow. you're going to park, you're probably going to type in your real phone number. Um, it's bad. And then uh, Sony, again, somehow, like it just is the gift that keeps on giving, oh, but yeah. specifically targeting Insomniac games. And then uh, I guess there's also some really old ones. Uh, some new clues have been released of the target breach from 2013. I, I would say that target breach is one of the first breaches that got like cybersecurity budgets really opened yeah. up across the board, yeah. at least in my opinion. Did anybody read this one? I, I read through it it's while too we were chatting. Yeah. Uh, it, it, long right. story <laughs> short... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, it's it a little long. I mean, it's a Krebs article, so. But yeah, no. Long story short, is there was this one line in there, res rescatator or res rescator, that they just could not figure out, could not figure out, and over the last you know decade or whatever, they finally think they figured it out, and that line is a person, uh, and they've traced back an online handle. So, uh, long story short, is there's somebody out there who is just not letting a single scrap of this die. They want to know everything. And yeah, so maybe helpful first recap. Rescatator is thought to be so closely tied to the target reach for starters, the string res, 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 Kator, 
uh, was in the malware. And now, uh, yeah, so they think it was a hacker out of Ukraine back when that happened. It was money mules and fraudulent wire transfer. So pretty crazy. This is uh, also the target data breach. It was like one of the data breaches I tell all my mentees to like learn back and front. Mm -hmm. Right. Because like one of the good interview questions, they'll ask you like, all right, tell me about a breach and targets information that's completely out there. So you can learn about the whole breach, learn about the fallout of what happened with the breach. And it's all on the internet. It's a good one to know. Yeah. Uh, if anybody I, doesn't know it. Yeah. For the, for, I agree with Wade hundred percent. Um, because Equifax and target are the two and I'm sorry, three solar winds as well received congressional oversight, which means after 90 days, all the investigation done by the government with all their ability to leverage legal mechanisms was published for the public so you can go look up those reports and they're hundreds of pages long with people and interviews and all of it and you can see all the death by a thousand cuts that led to the the big thing so those three solar winds equifax and target okay so mr claus yes you said you wanted to, there's a message I'm reading on my screen here that says you want to talk about Santa Norad? I do. I want to end what? with something kind of fun that's cybersecurity related. So many of you may be familiar with this, but for those that aren't, Ryan, why don't you pull up the, the was it ABC Chicago story, I think, on this? So for those of you who aren't familiar, there is a cybersecurity angle, or at least a security angle to what I'm about to talk about. So oops, wrong number. So if you are an unfamiliar NORAD every year, the, uh, the, the people out at what Cheyenne mountain, I think uh, we all know about they're buried in the mountain, monitoring the, the traffic, the air traffic and what's overhead, including missiles and military jets and all that good stuff. Uh, they do that, right? Well, one of the other things they do around this time of year is they track Santa Claus. They go through and they actually grant Santa access to U.S. airspace unlimited during that time. And they track Santa uh, throughout there. And it actually came from this really cute story, a misprint. Essentially, what happened was this. A department store back in then, you can look at the article. I think it was back in the 50s or 60s. It'll say probably right at the top. But back in the 50s or 60s, misprinted a phone number. And it was a phone number to tell kids to call. And somebody would answer and tell them where Santa was. So they'd know like, oh, I got to go to bed because Santa's on the way to the East Coast or maybe he just left the bar. I don't know. So they'd call that number. Yeah, it was a misprint. It was actually a classified number that was a direct dial to a general at their desk at Nora. <laughs> so Can you imagine you're sitting at your desk? This is right. Colonel whatever. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know where Santa is. Who is this? Maybe, How'd maybe you get this number? General. Where is Santa? Yeah, it was It was just up on the screen though. Um, But yeah, wh whatever it was, they call the number. Yeah, oh, Colonel Harry Shoup at the Continental Air Defense Command, what Norad used to be called. And you hear a little voice on the end of the phone, where's Santa? And instead of going, how did you receive this classified number? We're sending Black Hawk helicopters to retrieve you. And instead of that, um, they said, well, Santa's overhead. They're bearing this. They're going the speed. And then more phone numbers came in. And for the past, I think it's like 70 years now, NORAD does a thing every year that you can call or go to their website. Ryan, can we pull up the other website, the NORAD Track Santa? So yeah, NORAD has a Santa tracking website and you can go check out where Santa is throughout the world and share that with your believers and non-believers and whomever. I uh, think we should I, launch a targeted first strike on Santa. A targeted first strike on Santa. That's right. How do we Just know? Send him some presents. <laughs> uh, and if you like that storyline about sending him some presents, you need to go watch the Futurama Christmas episodes where it's bent <laughs> on destroying yep. everyone. But yeah, no, it's just a very interesting way to end the year. I think it's a story that I love that somehow a top secret phone number to NORAD got published accidentally, and it's, and uh, it created a really fun tradition for people to call in and and uh, you know see their military services as more than just you know bombing folks on every uh on every military person's desk there's the red phone and there's the candy cane oh yeah phone. there's the peppermint striped phone yep peppermint striped phone yep right. hey i think yeah, just... i love that that's a yeah, great this is, yeah. this is great the, the mexican yeah. cartel is really the one who's tracking hannah Santa via the phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you want if you if norad's uh data isn't good enough you can go uh purchase uh titan from a mexican cartel uh and they'll tell you exactly where santa is you can text him and say what what why what you doing no you, 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 
the Mexican cartel would love to have Santa's distribution system. That's right. That's right. Like, that is true. Right do it. That's so his weird. overhead's low. His delivery cost is really low. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, think about it, right? They're flying over. They got that that great distribution system, and suddenly, like the IRS is looking, going, Santa's brought a lot more snow through customs recently. I don't know what that means, but they're working a lot with the cartels. <laughs> Moving on. If yeah. you get like a <laughs> if you get a brick wrapped in brown tape dropped down your fireplace this Christmas, do not consume it. It is uh, it probably forward that to law enforcement. Mm. So. No, you test it for yeah. fentanyl first, uh, then you okay. yes. there are yeah. There's test kits. Available. <laughs> hey, Wade, tell me you're from Mexico. Tell me you're from California without telling me you're from California. <laughs> <laughs> tell me you went to a music festival. Right. All right, um, uh, let's uh, let's wrap it up. I feel like this is a good place to end the show for the year. Thank you, everyone, for listening for a whole year. Obviously, we know everyone that's here was here all year. Yeah, and thank you, everyone, for being a host for a whole year. I feel like we we had a good year. We don't have a good montage or highlight reel, but I feel like there were some moments. That that can we can we put that on someone? Someone someone in the community make a montage. Uh, <laughs> no, that's way too much that's work to put on work. anyone. They I feel like Ryan Ryan, Ryan has Ryan has Kurt. Kurt has memes. He can do it. Well, right, maybe no. perhaps we can ask the Discord community um, if they've got Ooh. something they would like to see in the upcoming year, or maybe articles oh. or topics we haven't talked about. We spend a lot of time talking about breaches. Um, are there other topics where we don't spend enough time on, like GRC? Like GRC, yeah. There we go. <laughs> no, I just no, kidding. Great for that's great. All right, for have like a good year. Before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call it. Kill it with fire. Bye, everyone. Twenty twenty four. The jolliest fire you can find, Ryan. <laughs>